The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Hey, hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. You're watching Splash Pages, powered by the Dorkening Podcast Network. We got a killer show for you scheduled, as always. Going to have a lot of fun today. And uh, Velvet Joker, how's it going, bud? It's going good. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Looking a little dapper there. That's me, you know, looking velvety. Oh, yeah. Or is that the, uh, oh, what's his name from uh, Moon Knight? Jake Loxley. Jake Loxley, yes. That's right. It's my, it's my cabbie hat. <laughs> uh, and we got to bring that up in a second. Drew, how's it going? I'm fine. Super <laughs> Drew. I'm I'm fine. Why else would I be? Fun? Why? Why? Why would you ask that, Leo? Do you know something? I you know do. something about me that I don't. Do you think uh, this is funny? Is this funny to you? No, no, no. It's not. Funny. Don't make. Hey, hey. Don't make me frag you. <laughs> All right, main man. 
I can't be the main man. I'm wearing the main man's big villain on, on my shirt. So, um, guys, hey, how you doing? Doing well. Yeah. So, before we get into anything, I need to ask, because it's fresh on my mind, did you guys see the first episode of Moon Knight? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes, sir. Can I just say that if this is the direction, like if this is the kind of thing we can expect from from MCU, I am so for it. I see. The first episode was awesome. Yeah, it was. Can we can we just say Drew watched something within the first week? Can we, I am... can we give a round of applause? <laughs> We're so oh, proud oh. of you, Drew. Okay, so so uh, I was gonna bring up. And unless my eyes were deceiving me, but did anybody catch Jake in the show? I sure, I sure caught Crowley. We we definitely got Crowley. That was I hilarious. definitely saw Crowley. I caught that. Well, uh, but... well, Crowley's the um uh the statue, the artist. Yeah, he's an artist posing as a statue. He's not yeah. a right. Statue. Yeah. Oh my god, that was him. I thought he was on the bus. Okay, there must have been another old guy with long hair. Yo, no way. That's awesome. Uh, And if you watch very closely, and I know because I watched it a couple times already, Uh uh, when when he's talking in the mirror, you do hear a different voice. So you do get all the identities, and one of them is Jake, and you can catch the the hat. Nice. I'll have to rewatch that scene. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's all black. Oh, yeah, sorry, Leo, Leo. Another thing, also, I've noticed was when he, um, when he's walking toward the end, when he's walking through the uh, hallway of the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of the museum, and you see him in the mirror. He keeps walking, but the mirror image yeah. stays and turns the other way. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, it is. Well, you know the thing that I liked is that that. Um, this to me had a really nice horror theme to it. And personally, I always love it when um, when comic books embrace that sort of ness. I mean, we've seen that in Aquaman. We've seen that in Shazam, you know, that darkness, because both of those directors, uh, James Wan and David S. Goldberg, they worked in horror. You know, uh, one was, I think, was The Conjuring. The other one was Annabelle. So you see that and it reflects really well. And for Moon Knight, it, it, it works because he's not, he's scary. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I saw Khonshu, you know, rolling up in full glory, I was like, you look terrifyingly great. It was one of those where other people would have been scared. I'm like, you look fantastic. Well, that hallway scene. Uh, when he's in the elevator and the lights are flashing and everything, that yeah, it's it's like, beautifully paced. About to, to leap on him and then it morphs into the old lady and he's like towering on the floor. Yeah, it, it, it was beautifully paced, and I'm really enjoying how they're doing the different personalities. Like it's done in a really like honestly, that has to be I think the most amusing car chase I've seen since Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I don't know why, but I just really enjoy that Khonshu just keeps referring Steven as an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just, it, it's just, how how ridiculous do you have to be that, that a god is literally calling you a moron? 
Oh yeah, moron, idiot, worm. Worm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, but yeah. No, honestly, I'm so me and me and Ange together. We are so looking forward to the next episode, which I believe comes out Thursday. It's six Uh, episodes. Uh, The last one will actually be on a day that's very important to Leo, because that's May the fourth. Oh. So we're gonna you know rounding up a Star Wars story soon. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but honestly, I, I just want to say for anyone watching, I think I can speak for everybody here uh, at at Splash Pages when I say, by God, if you have the time, see it. Now, Drew. Thank um, you, J-Bo. And uh, actually, J-Bo, I posted it in a couple different places. Uh, if you're doing it from Splash Pages, uh, it's a private group, so you can't. But if you do it from the Dorkening, you can. So you can and now it. you know, everyone. Yeah. Now, guys, I don't know if either of you picked up, and I thought it was interesting when um, when he is talking. When, every time he calls his mom, and his mom is never there, I feel like he's just communicating information to Mark. You know, I was actually kind of kind of wondering that because because I was like, I don't remember mark ever having a mom i mean again i'm 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 not the best on on moon knight lore but yeah i was like i feel like that's something there you know like like mark set up a voicemail and uh that's his way of getting information from his other self it wouldn't surprise me what's going on in his world can we also just admit that the way that they did just even though we only saw it briefly just the brief teaser of the moon knight costume looked awesome Oh, hell yeah. Right. And him beating the crap out of that creature was pretty awesome, even though we were only mostly seeing it from behind. Okay, that's fine, Jabo. May yeah. the force be with you. Totally. I've been, <laughs> I've been hearing great things about it. You got to let us know how it is, Jabo. Uh, but, um, no, honestly, that is by far one of my favorite first episodes of an MCU show. I have to say, like, just the, even in the beginning, when I saw, saw, Ethan Hawke's character is walking around in broken glass. I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be great. Because that just made me cringe. Well, the Egyptian nerd in me had had one one problem. Um, he keeps referring to Amit as the god. Anubis was the god that weighed the heart against the feather. Mm-hmm. And Amit was the destroyer if you were bad. Right. Well, one, it's Marvel. They, they're allowed to get some things wrong. Two, that could be a, 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 um, a missight on Steven's end because as knowledgeable as he is, he's still, as you can see, very bumbling and quite easily in, in, um, intimidated by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But yeah, that's small detail, but I yeah, again, honestly, I have to say, nerd in me. I apologize. I had, I had, to, oh, no. I had to point it out. Now, uh, I, I've been watching these YouTubers, and they definitely try to make. Uh, uh, bye, Drew. Uh, <laughs> they try to make the, these wild assumptions. Uh, but a couple things I caught on now. Uh, Emma is uh, an alligator, right? Yeah, yes, the head of an alligator, uh, the body of a hippopotamus. Now he was wearing uh, alligator sandals. It looked like, was he? And uh, and um, 
Mark, uh, when he says goodbye to his mom, is always saying later, Gator. Oh, I did not pick up on that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, his, his sandals look like they were made out of uh, alligator. They had that, you know, yeah, the skin, skin like, yeah. texture. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could be cool. just me trying to throw some crazy shit together, but that that's what my mind picked up. I, you know, you, you, your mind tries to, you know, make pieces fit where they don't when you're watching things a couple times. Absolutely. Well, yeah. the, the character Harrow is not a well-known character. It's a smaller character. I'm, I'm not even familiar with it. I've only become familiar with him because of this show. Yeah, he, he uh, I read that uh, he was only in one issue. Okay, see. But that's the beauty, making something small and more interesting. Yeah, totally. And uh, J-Bo's correct. Uh, the new episode is coming on Wednesday because Wednesday's the new Fridays. Absolutely. You know, right. Wednesday's the new Friday, Drew. <laughs> Are you going to be tuning in tomorrow, Drew? Ha. I, I, I got I, I have some more work I got to catch up on, but maybe I might. Uh, why? What's happening Wednesday? I'm sorry, guys. I'm still having tech difficulties again with the we're, thing on, we're, uh, on we're my still phone. We're still talking about Moon Knight, so. Oh, yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, new episodes come out on Wednesdays. All right, cool. Well, yeah. I believe Rich said exactly what I would have said in that. Wednesday is the new Friday now, so that's perfect. Yeah. There you go. You know, Or you can stay up till midnight tonight. And uh, No, I, I'm, I'm Leo, listen, as much as I love being a nerd, talking about nerdy things and, and nerdery, I also really like sleep. <laughs> I, I really enjoy six uninterrupted hours of time i understand that when it is my time to be a parent look, look at you bragging with six hours sleep i i, I understand and rich can pro probably just shaking his head i understand that when it's my turn to be a parent i will pray for six hours of uninterrupted sleep um but i've gotta gotta enjoy what i have until it is my time to whatever so um but before we get to the book uh is there any uh uh, comic news that's worth mentioning. I unfortunately uh, didn't really have a chance to look in anything. So, I'm... Uh, well, uh, you know, we got a the best and worst of Marvel this week. You know, with Moon Knight, uh, there must be a Morbius. And yeah, I haven't heard good things. Have you seen it, Leah? I have not seen it, but I've been hearing horrendous things. I, you know, the funny thing, I heard. Well, one, I mean, I heard from our friend, Dr. Chris, that it's apparently worse than Twilight, which I was like, wow, that is a low bar. Um, literally, that is a gravestone. Um, I've heard from other people that it is apparently so boring that it's not even good, bad. Like, it's just, no. Um, I heard one person who then complimented it. I, I can't remember. I know I read someone who was like, oh, Morbius was so great. And everything like that. And I'm just like, well, there's always one. Um, I I have to be honest. I was intrigued. But to, but I wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to go see Morbius. Um, I kind of felt the same way I did about Venom 2. I was like, when it's on, like, when Leo slaps it on Plex, I'll, I'll see it. Otherwise, I'm good. Like. I feel like there are other movies that are worth waiting for time and space and things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 
And, and I hear the uh, after credit scene is essentially Sony just slap shitting stuff together. You know, it, it, it's um, I don't want to spoil it if anybody's going to go see it, but it, it seems like Sony is doing what they can to try to fuck up, you know, uh, the MCU, you know? Well, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, you know, they play nice for Spider-Man, but, you know, there was a time when they were the big honchos and they blew it because they didn't allow their creators to do their project in a way that worked. It was always, oh, we got to have more villains. We got to throw this guy. We got to do this. We got to do that. You know, we've seen with the Batman what I feel they should have done in, and I was funny as so I was talking about this with a friend, so he's kind of the person I'm piggybacking on, is that that companies like Warner Brothers and Sony, and I guess in some extension Disney, should they obviously get a say because it's their money and it's their company, but they should in some way back off and let the directors that they've hired do their vision and 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 allow that because you know despite my gripes about the Snyderverse, you know i could definitely feel like i enjoyed more of what i saw from the snyder cut than i did the whedon cut of justice league you know yeah, yeah um, true that was my big fear going into no way home when i kept hearing oh there might be this character there might be this character there mm-hmm. might be this character and it turned out it was all the characters but somehow they, they put it together rather masterfully. Well, I, th- I think the thing being is once you have that good story, you have the good talent. And again, you have John Watts, who was the director who's done the last two Spider-Men, which I thought were fantastic. You know, it, it's the same way I feel how Marvel kind of lets James Gunn do his thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his own style. And he uses the Marvel characters, but he does his little thing with the musics and the soundtracks and and the quirky characters and the gratuitous violence um, and somehow always finding a role for Michael Rooker. Um, and look, look what Guardians did. Now everybody knows who the hell Groot and Rocket and Star-Lord and Gamora and Drax are. Absolutely. Before that movie, only nerd nerd ambassadors like ourselves would have known. Right. And now we're getting Adam Warlock. Right. Exactly. Which is also very exciting because now since he doesn't have the role he did in Infinity Gauntlet, it's now to see what he's going to be. I, he could be a villain. He could not. It's, it's really, um, it's really, it's anybody's guess, but we could get the anti, the, the, was it the anti-magus? We could, but bringing my point back is I just, my, my thing with Morbius is it's like anything. The story didn't say to me, hi, we need this character. It was, let's pick a Spidey villain, give him a movie, and we'll go the horror angle. You know, everybody loves vampires. And I'm just like, I was like, well, if we're going to do that, why the hell is Blade taking so long? You know? Because they're gonna do it good. That would be nice. You know what? What? What movie I would really like to see, and I feel like it would just be piggybacking off of multiverse. But I think it'd be really cool. 
Exiles. Do you guys remember that series from the 2000s? Sure. Okay. Uh, Leo, essentially what it is, is it's characters. It's essentially people we've seen as X-Men from parallel worlds thrown together in a group. And they go from different, they go from universe to universe. And they're, they have given missions that they have to repair the world. They have to allow something to happen. They have to prevent it. So they find themselves in alternate versions of famous Marvel events or adverting things that could have happened. It's basically, it's basically kind of like quantum leap with an X-Men team. Okay. That's cool. It really is. And you get characters from all sorts of worlds. You see age of apocalypse, you see days of future past, you see all this stuff. And then these new worlds, and it, it's kind of like, do you remember with The Flash, they used to do Villain of the Week? Yeah. It was like World of the Week, but it was a different world. Every few issues, diff- and the, the villains were, again, different versions of characters we already knew. You know? Um, like, it was, it was crazy. Um, and then the things that they allowed these versions to do, it was, it was just, again fantastic so again you're playing on the multiverse you have these ragtag group of characters and then you can kind of do with like what what if was doing like oh here is a different version of shit you know so so So, they could be going through like the fox universe and fixing it i'm coming back (laughs) he's coming back yeah uh coming out Uh, while we wait for him, uh, just real quick, Joe St. Pierre has a ki- his Kickstarter going, and uh, I have a link to it in the show notes. Nice. Uh, so if you want to check it out, it's New Zodiacs Aquarius, uh, number one. And uh, he's he is more than halfway to his goal, which is insane. Awesome. In the first day. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it's... Um, is he saying, yeah, phase two is sold out? Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, definitely check it out, you know. And, uh, you know, Joe St. Pierre joined us last week. Yeah, he uh, was a great guest last week. If you didn't watch that episode, go back, check it out. Totally, yeah. Hi. <laughs> hey, Joe. Keep on knocking, but you can't come in. Do keep on knocking, but you can't come in. Leo, we've got to go over the technical stuff again i can't keep popping in and out every 10 minutes this this wasn't a problem before i don't know why it's a problem now yeah uh we'll figure it out okay cool yeah like it's weird it's like we'll be talking for like five or so maybe 10 minutes and then it's it gets foggy it's like i can't hear you guys oh Hmm. i'm sorry to hear that hello Hey, Drew, um, have you checked out Young Justice? What, the series? Yeah, the new, the, the, there's a fourth season. Um, no, I haven't. Uh, one, because, again, the list of things I could watch has continues to grow exponentially. Um, I heard the third season was so-so. I heard Phantoms was a little better. And then... Well, I really like what they're doing. They're they're really being they're um they're bringing up LGBTQ. They're bringing PTSD, mm-hmm. depression, death, love, marriage, racism. There's a lot of stuff going on this season, and it's not and it's real. It's not like hi, we're just doing this to win points. No, no, there, there's a whole storyline. Okay, good. Yeah, absolutely. There, it, it, it 
I mean, I'm sure there's people that'll be like, oh, it's political, but no, they're they're just addressing things that have never been able to be addressed um, at that level, going at that uh, target audience of you know tweens oh. to the people in their 30s. You would appreciate this, Rich. I I realized that after we had talked about it, I never finished reading all of the the White Knight related books. Mm-hmm. I picked it up again. Oh my God, that man. Can do no wrong yeah that's a great story and i guess right now there's a there's a one shot that's very hot that's selling out all over the place but i i, I haven't gotten no it's there. not a one shot it's a series and yes it is the white knight universe version of batman beyond oh, oh okay. well uh there's also flashpoint going on as well flashpoint beyond yes so this is a great like again being a huge fan of batman beyond as you both know um, I, I'm so pumped. And that's another reason that I decided to catch up. And Rich, I was thinking of you because I've read the, the Batman White Knight, Mr. Freeze one shot, mm-hmm. um, about Mr. Freeze's, um, father and being tied to Nazi Germany and stuff. And yeah. I thought about what we, um, when we did the episode of Magneto Testament, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, man, this is such like, again, when comics are done right, they're just so powerful. And yeah. it was just fantastic. But I reread White Knight. Still great. I read Curse. That was awesome. Holy shit, that was awesome. Um, I read the one shot. And right now, I'm, I'm almost done with Harley. Mm-hmm. Which, funny enough, I read first. And I really enjoy it. Yeah. And you they, know, they really craft her. They really, they really well do. I think this is probably the most well-rounded version of Harley that I've seen ever. And it's just so beautiful. Um, and, yeah. and uh, honestly, anybody, please, like I, I recommend it to one of my best friends. I recommend it to y'all Sean Murphy's white Knight. give him more money, like allow him to make more. Cause this guy loves Batman, but he is willing to take Batman in new directions. And I'm like, please do yeah. it. Uh, do it. So, um uh just have you delved into the new one drew no i haven't i'm 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 doing that thing i do where i read all the related stuff so then when i'm all caught up i'm i can get all the little references and i'm sorry leo i cut you off what you're gonna say no 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 no. i no i i totally get that and uh you know that that's definitely the way to do it i was just gonna uh add uh you know what i read extra this week uh i i read the wrong series of lobo (laughs) Oh no! Because <laughs> uh, you put in 1993 in in the chat, I, or somebody did. Uh, uh, I, I somehow I got 1993 version of Lobo, and uh, there is a new series from 1993 that I read zero through five. Uh, and uh, but I, I I did realize uh, today, and I I quickly went through issues one through four. Nice. Of uh, the 1990 series, so uh, now you're even more of an expert. Yeah, but I have to say, uh, you know, even I did enjoy, uh, you know, getting ahead of myself. Uh, did enjoy the 1990 series, but the 1993 series was really good. Oh well, yeah, so I, I I highly recommend checking out the 1993 series. Uh, after, okay, after tonight. So, I will say this though. Um, 
Did you guys know of Lobo before we read this series and where? That's what I want to know. Uh, I knew of him from the cartoons. And that's then when you say cartoons, are you talking the Superman animated series? Uh, I think it was the animated series. And wasn't he also? Yeah, I think it was the animated series. Yeah, I bought this on the book stand. Yes, we know, Rich. Thank you. You're older. <laughs> well, you asked, man. You asked. Well, what? I, okay, so, so, because uh, I'm trying to remember where where I first met Lobo. Um, I, you know, I, it's really hard. I mean, I know one of the favorite, one of my favorite comics of Lobo that I own, but I really don't. I think. I think my first memory of him was he was in an issue of Jeff Johns's um, uh, Green Lantern series. Um, that was that was it. And then you know I learned of the character and 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 what. No, that's actually that, that's a lie. My first introduction of him was DC versus Marvel, where he fights Wolverine. Okay. Oh. That that was my first one because I was like, who the fuck is this pale, pasty Wolverine-looking dude? And then they end up fighting each other. And then later on, I found out that he was literally created to parody everything that Marvel was doing in the 90s that was essentially Wolverine. Yeah, he was such a weird character. Like, he spoke to dolphins, and he had this insane uh, um, strength. And uh, and his history that he he pretty much killed everyone on his planet. Um, but, but it's this weird code at the same time. Well, well again, this... This series, again, I use as an example to prove that 90s DC was truly something else. And as good as modern comics are, I still feel that there is just a certain amount of freedom and creativity that I feel I don't really see as much in today's comics. At least today's mainstream DC. Like, I feel like they took more chances. Like, Lobo, like, this is a fucking insane book like yeah it is <laughs> there's really no point for it but it is just it completely embraces its absurdity um it does not pretend that it's 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 hero um is a good person he is not um he is a horrible genocidal maniac but god you're rooting for him um, but I, 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 did I think the, the funny thing is him and, uh, him and Vox where he lost. I think my thing being is, is that it, this took place in the future. Cause he's dealing with, you know, the Legion. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, it's so, it's so weird, man. Um, like, especially when I found out who his, 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 his prisoner was, I was like, I can't. Um, he didn't kill her though. He he did he he kept uh, well. We're not going to spoil anything, but he did keep his word for yeah, the most part. Word, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, the old lady lost a few appendages. I it, it's funny because I don't know what um you keep token, bro. Um. I don't know which ver which story I like the best. They all just kind of 
We're one gigantic uh, slaughterhouse to me. But um, I do know I, I pretty much enjoyed the one character who I'm fairly certain was a parody of Montgomery Scott in in um, Star Trek. And who do when uh, it's when Vril is talking to super obese, constantly eating guy in Legion. Uh huh. The entire time, I was like, "This has got to be a, a Scotty joke," because yeah. the guy is just talking about you know teleporting and shit, and I'm just like, "Yeah, this is this is the best worst parody of of Scotty I've seen like ever." Um. But yeah, yeah. so that, that's my two cents. You guys, I apologize. Um, I didn't realize that you're just saying that that was Matter Eater Lad, who was uh, mentioned in the uh, Peacemaker. Oh, okay. There you go. Making connections. Um, I will say I did enjoy in these in the comics these the little interludes, you know. Talking about Lobo's history, his report mm-hmm. cards. Oh, I loved his report cards. <laughs> those those were really funny. Yeah, that, that I, was, I, I did enjoy that. Necessary for the storyline to read all those. You have to. That that that's like um, when you're reading Watchmen and you come across all the chapters and excerpts. You have to read them. It's all part of the same damn story. You know, but. Um, I mean, literally, this guy is the most temperamental vigilante I've ever seen. Like any, if, if anybody even looks at him wrong, they're 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 slagged. Worm food. I uh, in in reading this, I, I I don't know if you guys remember the old uh, game Space Quest. A little. In reading this, it was more, it was definitely a mix of like Mad Magazine and Space Quest to me. It was just that level of, of goofiness and, you know, just uh, insanity at the same time. Yeah, there, there's an in, insane genius to him because in everything he does, things connect in the end and it just happens for him. And it, he, he doesn't have to make it necessarily happen because what he's doing behind the scenes is making it happen. That makes any sense at all? I, I, I think you, you you actually found the one part that I thoroughly enjoyed was Lobo at the theater. Yes. <laughs> like I was just like, oh my god! Not only the theater, the ballet. Yes, exactly, ballet, which was taken over by uh, what appears to be extremely misguided terrorists, who, of course, Lobo has to kill. And everybody still thinks it's part of the show. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of, uh, if you guys remember reading Batman Hush, when uh, Batman interrupts Harley Quinn robbing the opera. Right. And uh, Catwoman intervenes. She gets injured. He catches her. And, and the people at the opera think it's part of the show. <laughs> like this moment right here. I'm just like, there's a ton of dead bodies. The people are clapping, and he's carrying his his prisoner away, who does not shut up the entire issue. Correction: the entire series. He's like a juggalo on steroids, basically. Um, 
And it's also interesting because Lobo has gone through so much transformation over the time. I mean, at one point, I remember there was a kid version of him who was trying to be good. I think he was like, he was called like, uh, he was like a kid Lobo, a Kobo. Oh. Okay, so um, so the series that I read, 1993, issue zero, right? It starts off with Kid Lobo, which oh. must have confused it, it, the hell out of you. Yeah, it, it well, it, it gives the whole history of Lobo in one issue, you know, uh, of like his whole origin story. So basically, now you're a Lobo expert, Leo. Kinda, but not really. No. <laughs> well, I'm saying is like you've seen him. He's been an assassin. He's been a, a bounty hunter. Um, he does do some good occasionally when he feels like he has to. Um, he always pops up in random comics. Like I have an issue of Hitman that he ended up showing up and getting into trouble for. Um, and then famously, or actually more infamously, in the new 52, they uh, they read they remade him um, and they made him this this Cisnarian pretty boy. And of course, fans hated it. They were like, I want my Lobo hairy and covered in chains and chomping a cigar. Um, I think later, I think he ended up like that Lobo came back and killed his new 52 self. Um, it's pretty it's pretty random. But the character, yeah, see, here you go. Like, I'm sorry, like, the matter eater lad, like, yeah, I'm sorry. That, I just see Scotty. <laughs> like it, well, it, it's really interesting, too, because, I mean, Devrilled Vox is is Brainiac 5, who's supposed to be the right. most advanced brain in all of um, the universe. And he right, is manipulating Lobo through this whole thing. But in the end, surprise, surprise. Lobo is in fact manipulating him, which again is like well, the line between madness and genius is so slim. Well, but the funny thing is that again we have to remember that that Lobo was created as a parody of Wolverine. He's essentially a DC Wolverine, you know. And mm -hmm. the '90s, you know, he's fuzzy as shit. He's a badass. He has long hair. He can't die. He's seemingly invincible. He has a horrible temper and he kills literally everyone he comes across. Um, wow, I just lost my train of thought. Cool. You guys talk. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, just real quick, my favorite part was uh, when he was going on vacation and he says, uh, you know, anybody still here in five hours is going to be dead. And everybody is killing themselves to leave. Yeah. yeah. And then he's just sitting there sipping drinks. And he's like, wow, I did need this vacation. I'm like, boy, you're, you're a genius. <laughs> well, so, oh, now I remember my point. So the point being is, is that just like Wolverine, a lot of people underestimate him. They just think he's just a mindless brute, you know, but Lobo is actually pretty smart. I, I also must say, I'm sorry. Another best part. I have never seen a super human spelling bee <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> yeah that was awesome and what killed me is you got all the different fonts you know you got that super elegant spelling bee i was like i can't this book yeah. is just like i feel like 
Leo, I feel like I have to take some of Jeremy's brownies to to unlock the hidden meanings of Lobo. Just I need to be baked out of my mind. Yeah, because like you said before, DC was was taking more chances back then. They were having more. They fun. were. They were being comedic. Well, you know, they had they had Keith Giffen, who you know, I mean, this is the guy who, who helped create Ambush Bug, so you yeah. know he's got a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, he also created Booster Gold right. with. Um, uh, you know, he co-created that. So he, you know, his his sense of humor shows, and I just think that you know, again, like, he was just like, let's make fun of this trend and create this ridiculous character. And like all ridiculous characters, he found a fan base, and that's why he's still part of DC as we speak. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even as of I think what was it uh, two years ago when they did Krypton in the in the last season of that, they actually had Lobo, and it was it was oh, actually yeah? really well done. I forgot they had uh, Lobo on that. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. I was excited for the next season, and then they canceled it. I was like, "Oh, yeah." Was, like I, I got on board the last season, and then it killed. They killed it. Well, uh, and it's funny because Lobo has been a bit more prominent the last couple of years. I mean, he was on Krypton. Yep, we were just talking about that when you bounced out. Absolutely and it, right. And then job. he was also in that Superman movie, Man of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, which oh, I uh, I did not see because I uh, you know that one didn't really jump out at me. Um, but and it's always amusing because he would always come back. And I seem to recall recently he didn't he have like a black label book. I think it was like him versus Superman. I think Tim Seeley. Oh, uh, yeah, it's actually ongoing right now. Uh, right, and oh, it's, it's, it's versus Superman, right? Yep, uh, and it's an oversized book as well. It's it's, uh, it's pretty decent, Interesting. right? Um, but he, again, he, he's always matching up with Superman because Lobo is one of the few people who actually could could you know take a hit from Superman and also give one back. Um, yeah, he's Omega level for sure. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. But I, I'm sorry. Lobo playing the drums was hilarious. <laughs> like I, I, like I thoroughly enjoyed these little interlude, chapter interview things. Like that to me, I was like, wow. Like again, things comics used to do. You know. So, uh, so Joker, this was your uh, your pick. What what are your thoughts on it? Well, he he read it. Remember. So what was yeah, it like, I mean, Rich? I, I mean, it was just, just a great, it was a fresh character at the time. It was, it was still new and uh, it, it was just something different that wasn't out there. Like you said, the, the comedic value paired with the macho and the fact that he's insane and a genius at the same time, uh, of course, appeals to me because obviously my nom de gloire uh, has similar traits. Mm-hmm. Without the invincibility, of course. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to recall in one of the more, more crazier things that there was a crossover between Lobo and the Mask back in the 90s. Oh, and I know because when I was looking up this story, you know, um, the program I used that uh, showed that. And I was like, um, I'm sorry, what? I was like, the one person who could actually handle Lobo's insanity and give back. I was like, 
file for later consideration uh, for splash pages. Because <laughs> at some point, I feel like we really should address that there were so many crossovers with the mask in the 90s. He's a popular character. Oh, yeah. Jim, Jim Carrey shot it up to fame. He did. But I feel like what I would love to do, because I've never read it, but I would love to. We should we should read that and then watch The Mask and oh, yeah. know the similarities. I've watched it not too long ago. It's a really funny movie. It, you know what? Honestly, I did that with some friends early this year. It still holds up. Mm-hmm. Well, anything Jim Carrey does, uh, it, it still holds up. Well, I think it, the best it, thing it, is that for me, myself, and Irene. Well, yes, but I think Leo, the the thing to note about the mask is a lot of people. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't even know there was a comic. I didn't find out till years later. Yeah, same here. You know, and then when you read the comic, like I, I've read some of it, you're like, "Wow, this is a dark book." Like, like. In in the movie, he's more playful. In in the in the in the comic, he's killing people. You're like, wow! And each time, it's somebody. It's each person who wears the mask. It's a different thing. They they go a lot more into that in in the comic. So you know, maybe Joker add that to your list. Yeah, you maybe. know, maybe we start that as a regular series, like every maybe like once a month we do comic versus movie. We pick like a comic with with um... yeah that or every other month yeah we rotate yeah. it yeah you know because there's a I mean there's a lot you know and that would be interesting and we could always have a and we could always you know maybe if we want to tie that into a guest whether it's a, a cosplay guest or yeah. a a comic guest or whatnot you know kind of like what we did with Joe Saint Pierre yep you know like that him being a fan really made us reviewing that Moon Knight story that much better. It's hashtag, if you don't know what we're talking about, watch the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, and guys, those, those, I, it just popped in my head. Um, do you guys think uh, last week's The Slap, has that damaged the Men in Black franchise? Will you watch that show movie differently now? You know, uh, actually, just real quick, Angelo says, uh, what's crazy about the mask movie is they have jokes from darker comic in the movie, but uh, plays up for yucks. Just want to make sure we got that in. As yeah, of yeah. Uh, the the slap heard, heard around the world. Um, it, it's crazy, but I, I don't think, I mean, there will definitely be a lull in like new Will Smith movies, but. Yeah, but my, my question is, has it damaged the men in black franchise? I don't think so. No. Honestly, I think the last movie damaged the franchise. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's pretty accurate. With all due respect to um, to Thor and Valkyrie, aka Chris Hemsworth and um, Tessa Thompson. Um, honestly, listen, we've enough people have talked about it, and I think there's really nothing more we could say. The other people haven't analyzed and criticized and hypothesized and da 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 thized. Um, it just it was a poor decision on his part. It reflects more poorly on him and Jada than anything. Um, I do agree, funny enough, with what Jim Carrey said that the thing 
really overshadowed the whole night. And it kind of took away from all those people who were there to celebrate their accomplishments, um, whether just to be nominated uh, and then to win. Um, you know, well, and I, I got to be honest with, with you. Someone once said, like, I'm sorry, if it wasn't for the slap, I wouldn't have even known the Oscars was on. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. pretty sad, but it's true. Right, well, right. Totally true, because, you, you know, the Oscars has, you know, for the longest time been, you know, who paid the most to get the uh, yeah. the PR going for their movie? You know, it, yeah. has, it hasn't been about, you know, what were the great movies of the year? Like, you know, Spider-Man was it's a comic book movie, but that was a phenomenal movie and it should have been nominated for something. Uh, also, you mentioned, you know, things being overshadowed. Uh, apparently, uh, Samuel Jackson got a Lifetime Achievement Award, and that wasn't even on TV. They did like some tour instead, but it was like off screen. He was given the award. Yeah, and there was a big uh, Liza Minnelli presentation, I guess, with Lady Gaga that didn't really get shined on. And then Questlove uh, also blown over, too. There was a tribute to Ivan Reitman that Bill did. Um, no way. Yes, which, which, well, you know, he spoke. Um, kind of like, you remember when he did that brief tribute to Harold Ramis? Yeah. He also spoke, um, which was good, but I, that, they handled that a little odd. Um, like, Leo, if, if you see it, you'll kind of understand what I mean by that. If you look it up, I'm sure you can find it online. Um, but yeah, honestly, with the thing with the slap is, again, I agree with what Daniel Radcliffe said about it. There's really... No point analyzing it and kind of over it. And it's horrible because, you know what I mean? Like, it it, it, it really was a small, like, you know, you think of someone slapping somebody. It's like someone getting punched. Like, yes, it's a shocker for a night or so, but then people get over it. It's just, again, it's, this was seen on national television. Oh, yeah. And it's like good I, talking you know, to death. I, I didn't want to talk it to death either, Drew. I just. Oh, no, know, I know. I, I did. But I'm just I, saying. I just thought, uh, actually, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the words of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, you can look that up. Uh, it's too much for me to discuss, but I thought he just did it. He spoke about it brilliantly. Oh, he did. And I, I've seen some of it. But again, my point being is it happened. Um, I agree there should be consequences. I don't think that he should lose his Oscar for it. Um, you know, I'm glad he realized that he needed he needs to kind of work on himself and kind of take, maybe take a hard look at his anger and maybe his marriage. Yeah. It, it's definitely revealing of some sort of toxic relationship there, you know? Yeah. You know, and to be quite honest, I think I, I, I to be honest with you, I made the joke. I was like, watch sales of GI Jane probably went up too. Cause of that. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I, I was like, wow, he made that joke. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Does anyone you know. remember how fine Demi was in G.I. Jane, though? Listen, there was a time when Demi Demi Moore was just fine altogether. It didn't matter the movie. Few <laughs> yeah. Good Men, Strip Tease, yeah, Scarlet yeah. She, Letter. She was um, Woof. Uh G.I. Jane. Mm -hmm. Like she was the hot girl, uh, you know, uh correction, hot woman, um of the nineties, right? That was nineties? Mm hmm. Yeah. Is that 90s, 80s? Yeah, yeah, 90s. Uh, 90s, yeah. Right, the 90s. Just you know? 
Just real quick, uh, Angelo says uh, it's a bit self-indulgent, isn't it? A bunch of wealthy folks come together to pat themselves on the back for doing their jobs while also denouncing the work in the industry, like treating animation as a joke. Well, it, inter interestingly enough, Angelo, um, that's sort of kind of the point of the comedic end of it. That's why a comedian has always sort of rousted everyone because of that fact. Um you know that's chris rock has done it successfully for many years um i can't think of the guy that did it last year that totally roasted the hell out of everyone um you can see his face but his name is escaping me um so can we just say that that the one thing that made the entire experience perfect was all the memes the, the memes were so good oh yeah the thanos meme like on, honestly, I must say, I, I was so pumped to see that Andrew Garfield one, where it was the meme of him looks like he's texting and he's like asking the other Peters if Will slapped Chris Rock in their universe. universe too. I'm like, yeah, I that, can't. That was pretty great. I will so. admit, but you know, it's a form of entertainment, and at the same time, we're, you know, we are a nerd show, but we are also aware that there's a war going on in Ukraine and people are dying. But, you know, Rich, know let's, let's just things, but again, this is a nerd-based show, so we're just making. Yeah, let, let, Rich, let's just say that we talked about it, we put in our two cents, and then we move on. Thank oh. you, Ricky Gervais. Thank you, Angelo. Thank yeah. you for. Yeah, Rick, oh brain. man, Ricky went in. Yeah, he went in hard. But you know what? Honestly, some sometimes, gonna be honest with you, you need that. You need that person to kind of set everybody straight. Be like, listen, no matter. How much you all do it, you're all still assholes. Absolutely. You know. But there you go. And there, there's our sublimation on the slap. The Indeed. Slap. Or as, as as our friend Kevin Borchardt put it, well, slapsgiving came early. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> slapsgiving, that is awesome. Um, so back to Lobo. Um I you know, again, I gotta say four issues. Honestly, if they, if they had made it any longer, I would have called it a waste. This was properly contained. I want to be honest. I think it was made today. This this series would have been six issues and two issues of it would have just been filler crap. Possibly six, six. issues. It would have been a twenty issue like crossover series. Oh my <laughs> Lobo's War. Oh my god! You, you know it. it I really do think that something that Marvel and DC need to kind of bring back is the 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 self-contained storylines. Like I feel like everything is uh like like I remember what was it? Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunter, like 28 tie-ins. I'm like, nobody is gonna buy this. And I was so wrong because Leo bought it. <laughs> Wait, that would we, add to, oh, that must be Junior Lobo that you should. Yeah, seeing. yeah. Oh, look at little Lobo. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was pulling this up when you uh, cracked on me. What did I buy? No, I was just making fun that like things like, like a lot of X titles, and then like I remember Star Wars had that War of Bounty Hunters. Yes, there was like 28 tie-in issues, and I was like, who is gonna buy this? And then. And then they pulled a field of dreams on me. They were like, if we write it, they will come. <laughs> and lo and behold, Leo, those they, they did. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I uh, I, I haven't finished reading it, but I, I I think I stopped halfway through. Um, Leo, when are you going to tap back into Sophia? We miss Sophia in the time. I I know, I know, I know. Uh, well, actually, that's the reason why I picked up a new computer. Uh, my computer has been going a little bit slow with the video editing. Uh-huh. So, uh, so the new computer, you, you know, it like the, you know how short those were, like like mm-hmm. two minutes. Yep. They would take me five to six hours to put together. Oh my god! Oh yeah. What? Yeah. yeah so, that's insanicus. I know. So, uh, you know, uh, that's why I got a new computer. It's sitting right over there. Uh, oh, exciting. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, once new I get toys. it, I know. So uh, getting uh, that'll help me with the uh, the video editing. Nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, what, what about are we crowbar in this uh, bast each? Absolutely. Uh, Rich, you uh, this is your baby. So we'll have you start. Uh, I'm going to go with a four and a half because uh, I just felt it was a strong, strong story with great comedic value. And it. If you really read it through, it was much deeper than what you thought it was. Mm, okay. Um, I, I'm i going to agree with part of that. I'm going to say I give it a four. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't perfect to me, but you know what? There is a twisted, wonderful beauty underneath all of that frag. So frag on. Uh, I'm going to give the 1990 series a four and the 93 series a four and a half. Uh, it, it definitely gave me the the warm and fuzzies inside, you know, just just that type of humor uh, and total uh, like uh, space, you know, bizarreness um, that just, you know, definitely reeked of the 90s. You know, I, I'm sure Lobo's, you know, just as crazy now, but. You know, reading something back from the 90s definitely reminded me of, of you know, uh, like I mentioned, the Space Quest games, that same type of humor, you know. Uh, and Angelo says, uh, uh, I can honestly talk about Logo as a fan of the character. The 1993 series is so good. There is a great issue where Lobo makes fun of uh, Liefeld, I think it's around issue 15. Uh, yes, I can only imagine how he makes fun of him. Hey, look, everybody, I have feet. <laughs> look at how well drawn they are uh but i, I you know joke uh joker i def- definitely have to uh thank you for uh you know introducing us or reintroducing us into lobo yeah i'm glad you guys uh, enjoyed it yeah it was a fun read so, so um okay yeah so i i have nothing more to say well fine then be that way. I, I do. Um, did anybody hear that um, Disney Plus? I don't know if it's confirmed or not, or if it's just a rumor that they they did greenlight a fourth season of Daredevil. I, I heard didn't, something similar as well. Uh, I didn't hear that, but I did hear that for some reason they omitted the Stan Lee tribute at the end of the Punisher. So I was like, that's odd. Um. I think that was season two of Punisher. Yeah, I think I heard something about also they might have taken out some kind of homage and that was in the Luke Cage series as well to uh, some actors. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, strange decisions from the Disney corporate. Yeah, and you saw that they made changes to um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and then changed them back. 
No. Oh, yeah. They they uh they changed some of the special effects where uh one person was like killed and then they um changed a shot to where it looked like they were knocked out. Oh, interesting. And, and there was a silent. Yep, and there was an uproar and they changed it back. Interesting. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is just like with anything, all we got to do is uproar and we'll get what we want. Unless it's Star Wars and we're still stuck with McClunky. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> did, did, did I hear something about oh, a couple weeks back? Did Kathleen Kennedy get fired? Or is that just a dream I had? That's a dream you had. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I tried. You and your damn dreams, Richard. Fantasy. Did, did, won't you be my partner? Yes, indeed. <laughs> and that is the musical interlude tonight on Splash Pages. Oh, <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, Angela, we'll, we'll leave you with the, uh, the last comment here. Lobo, uh, issue five. The shots at Liefeld is so great. The bad guys suffer from Rob's disease <laughs> where you blow into muscle masses and get giant feet as part of the. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Well said, well, that's yeah. Um, so upcoming episodes, I have some special guests lined up. Uh, mm-hmm. there is, uh, we're gonna we may get a visit from one of the uh token dead guys, but uh, okay, along with some cosplayers. Hey, yeah. token cosplayers, now we're talking. Uh, my, not to, my not neck to, of the woods. Not oh, token no. cosplayers, but the cosplayer I invited on, uh, she uh, would feel better if Ben joined us. Either Wait, ben. who? Uh, oh, Listen, I'll, I'll, Ben's not joining me. Fuck that shit, man. Ben can join <laughs> Drew. They can what, get I'm sorry. What happened? However, however, they need to be connected. But I'm not. I don't want to be involved in that at all. <laughs> I totally missed something. It just flew right over with left of my hair. <laughs> okay. Wasn't that important? You rewatch later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Angelo says, sadly, uh, Marvel characters need to be toys since they are not aligned in servitude with the House of the Mouse. Uh, you can't sell these IPs if they are violent. Man, who knows what will happen with Wolverine? You know, it's, I, I think, I mean, we're getting uh, Deadpool uh, in the House of the Mouse. So. You know, Leo, it's, it's... tell your tell your cosplay to relax. Between me and Drew, we have over forty years of cosplay experience. There's nothing that we haven't seen. Okay, we have seen some shit that has turned people white. Wait a second. <laughs> yes, has made hairlines recede. Yeah. You know what? I'm well, talking about myself, this... bro. Why do you think I'm wearing a hat? You know, just like with my partner, this is why I don't put these things out because then you guys take it and run a goddamn marathon with it. So you know what? You know what? Leo, roll the credits. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys stay on, uh, and I'll tell you about the, the cosplayers. But, uh, you know, okay. everybody else, we're going to hang up. So I want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, definitely check the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Uh, Joe St. Pierre has his Kickstarter going on right now. And like we mentioned, he's over half his uh, – he launched it today. And he has almost, uh, or actually over half his uh, allotment that he's looking for. Uh, I believe the first phase is already sold out. So if you don't know Joe St. Pierre, check out last week's episode. Uh, you know him from uh, Spider-Man, Venom. I think he holds the record for the most Spider-Man covers done. 
uh absolutely he awesome does. artist uh and uh yeah uh show notes and uh drew oh i'm drew um i do things i'm on facebook i'm on instagram it was special man 1984 you'll hear it again um i do oh, a lot of things for screen rant i do a lot of things here i'm here i'm there i'm everywhere i'm tired we'll talk here i be every tuesday on our award-winning show here splash pages of comic book club and you can also find me um you can look me up uh leo at leo pond some stories may be true some stories maybe not but you don't know you don't know could be true could be not oh love it love it love it okay you guys catch you later you're both curmudgeons <laughs> <laughs>